Hello, FPL managers. Welcome to the FPL Optimized Podcast. This is episode number 62. We're getting close to the end of the international break and we are preparing for game week nine. So this will be a regular episode after we had the FPL general as a guest last week. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. I am Bas, the casual manager, and my co-host is Sirtop, the data scientist. This is the podcast in which we combine analytics with the good old iTest. Data or grass or data and grass? That's the question. So Sirtop, we talked about our game week eight performances last week already, and I prefer to not talk about it anymore, <laughs> to be honest. I understand. So, yeah, so let's look ahead. Uh, but maybe before we jump into game week nine, I think you might want to cover the model accuracy today. Yeah, certainly. Let's start with that. Um, and instead of the accuracy, so we were actually th thinking with uh, Neil and Chase about, you know, how can we show this, you know, the utility of these models? Like accuracy is one thing, but sometimes you really don't care about the accuracy of the players that you are not interested in anyway. And you are right. most interested in the players that who has the you know, highest EV. And we were just you know thinking about you know what would be a good way to show this uh, this utility function. And Neil came up with this uh, idea. So okay. what we do here is we allow all models to pick fifteen players. So essentially, two goalkeepers, five defenders, five midfielders, and three forwards every week without any limitation. So it's like a free hit every week mm -hmm. and also bench boost every week because it's the top 15 players, right? So we are okay. actually combining all those 15 players and yeah. we are also picking the player with the highest EV as the captain. So, you know, he gets like double the points. And mm -hmm. then we sum it up to see, you know, which model actually comes on top. So if you are watching on YouTube, so we have this bar chart. It's showing the total points collected with this methodology. Mm -hmm. uh, for, for every model, and we also tried some uh, mix of models, so some ensembles too. And so I will go over from top to bottom. So the the most the the model that gives you most points was FPR review. If you were able to, you know, do this, you know, free hit and bench boost every week, essentially, it brings almost seven hundred fifty points around that figure. Um, and then in second rank we have Mikael Tokvam, slightly low. So that's slightly below 700 points. And then we have our ensemble models, two and three. So um, I can't really remember what the composition of these models were, but uh, mm -hmm. doing a naive ensemble usually is worse than these two. Mm -hmm. And then we have fantasy football scout in the third rank and then FPL team. Then fantasy football fix is very close. And then we have fantasy football hub and draft hound uh, at the last rank. And okay. This is the utility function of the models. Okay. Any questions from you? Yeah, I was just wondering if like, is this outcome then looking different than what the chart you had before? Or, you know, is, is it giving you different results or different insights? Or is it no, pretty I much think it's, it was, it's consistent. I mean, FPR review right. was the most accurate uh, in last right. weeks and Mikhail Tokman yeah. was quite high too. And so in here, like, even though we have the rank, I mean, FPL Review and Mikael Tokwam has some gap between them, but uh, Mikael Tokwam's and Fantasy Football Scout is somewhat close to each other. Mm -hmm. And then the third tier is FPL Team, Fantasy Football Fix. 
and then we have fantasy football hub and draft hound so okay. again i mean the accuracy is one thing so you might be predicting correctly lots of players that are not relevant to fbl like for example let's say mac Allister's points that like you might be able to predict it very accurately but almost mm. no one has him in their team so <laughs> that accuracy doesn't mean too much to many people but what What's important is like whether your model was favoring Salah or Holland for the captaincy last week, for example. So right. and then you are kind of like multiplying it because you are choosing that player as the captain. So and then we are looking from game week one to eight. So this is like a little bit more accurate instead of looking at game week by game week. But yeah, yeah. I think it's somewhat uh, consistent. And also, well, obviously in this chart. Uh, higher your bar is, it's better. So it's essentially sure. how many points you you could have collected with yeah. this theoretical game we have. No, I get it. All right, thanks for that. Mm -hmm. Good to take a look at it. Um, let's move to the next topic. Mm -hmm. And as we usually do, we will look at the team's ranking for the next couple of weeks, split by the offensive and defensive strengths. Yes, certainly. So at the top of our chart, we have Liverpool. Mm. Liverpool has four favorable fixtures in this horizon. I will talk about those favorable fixtures in a second, but let me go over the teams first. Yeah. Uh, we have Liverpool at the first spot, and then we have Manchester City. Okay. And then Arsenal, Newcastle, Brighton, Aston mm. Villa, Tottenham, Manchester United, West Ham, and Brentford is the top mm -hmm. 10 teams by fixture quality. Yeah. And um, so for this game week specifically, two good fixtures are Liverpool playing against Everton, both defensively and offensively is a favorable fixture, um, mm -hmm. makes it to our top 10 percentile. And the second game is Newcastle against Crystal Palace. Defensively, it's a really good fixture. Um, mm. well, at least what, this is what the models say. And right. Despite being in this top 10 list, only team with the unfavorable fixture is Brighton. Defensively, mm. it's really low. I mean, they are playing against Manchester City away. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, so Liverpool at the top because they have Everton this game week and then Nottingham Forest next game week at home and then Luton Town away. Uh, they have Brentford. I mean, it's somewhat of a good fixture, not entirely. Game week 13 is challenging it's manchester city but then they play against fulham so it is four fixtures um out of six uh, in this horizon that we are looking at so that's why they are at the first spot and we talked about this but manchester city has tough fixtures in this horizon i mean they are playing against brighton this game week which is not too bad but then they have manchester united chelsea in game week 12 and then liverpool in game week 13 and also tottenham in game week 14 so even though models favor them for the Tottenham game at home, yeah. Uh, but in general, like it's it's not the easiest horizon for Manchester City. No. Yeah, I mean, despite that, despite having these challenging fixtures, they are on top of Arsenal. And right. Arsenal has only like Chelsea game this week, and then Newcastle yeah. in game week eleven. That's you know challenging. And they have three mm -hmm. good fixtures, really good fixtures. Sheffield United in 10, mm -hmm. and then Burnley in 12, and then Wolves in game week 14. So it's a little bit interesting because like hard fixture, easy fixture, hard, easy, right. hard, easy. So it's like like if you have Arsenal players. 
the easy fixtures are all three at home. So I think that's also uh, yeah, that's true. working point. in their favor. Yeah. 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 Okay. But yeah, interesting to see that City is still second despite the difficult fixtures. Yeah. Yeah. And I was also looking at Man United. I mean, I still have Bruno and I'm keeping him for the Sheffield game and then I was planning to sell him. But if we look a bit further ahead, they play against Fulham and Luton. So that's that wouldn't be too bad to still keep uh, one or two of their players. But let's see how they will do. Because <laughs> we've said that before, you know, they had some easier games. At least we thought they were easier, but they have struggled so far. But, uh, well, I saw a good Rashford goal yesterday in the England game. <laughs> and uh, also Bruno has been doing quite well for Portugal. So let's hope they will bring that form back to uh, United. Yeah. So do you have one or two players from United? Uh, well, I still have Onana. So uh, oh, I have also. Bruno. <laughs> yeah, I've got Bruno and Onana. But the same for Onana. I think I will definitely keep him now for the Sheffield game. And... I'm not planning to wildcard, so I'll probably keep him as well then for the oh. uh, yeah, the upcoming fixtures. You will hear in a minute that Onana is also in the optimal wildcard team, so okay, <laughs> good for him. That's you. good. That's good. You know, sometimes you just need to stay patient. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes, yeah. All right. And Anything else you wanted to cover on this chart? Not in this chart, but we can maybe talk about the worst. Yeah, um, yeah let's teams. do that. Uh, in terms of again the fixture difficulty. From worst mm. to, you know, slightly better. The order is Luton Town, <laughs> Sheffield United, Wolves, Fulham, Nottingham Forest, Burnley, Everton, Bournemouth, Chelsea, and Crystal Palace. Yeah. Um, I mean, Luton Town is always at the top of this chart, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, they are playing against Nottingham Forest this game week. Uh, but they have... Uh, Aston Villa, Liverpool, Manchester United, and also Brentford in the horizon, so it's not looking too good for them. No. Uh, it's, again, still interesting to see Chelsea here, uh, mm -hmm. because I feel like their underlines are not too bad. Uh, mm -hmm. I feel like they are here because some of the models are giving more weight to uh, recent results than other models do. And I'm yeah. taking an equal weight ensemble here, so they they kind of end up uh, being in this part of the chart, in this half. Um, but at the same time, they are playing against Arsenal uh, this game week, and then they also have Tottenham, Manchester City, and Newcastle games in the horizon. Yeah. So again, it's not the easiest fixtures, but yeah, it's always interesting to see Chelsea here. Yeah, I think especially uh, defensively, you know, they have been, haven't been conceding too much, so... Um, they also haven't scored too much, <laughs> but they are, you know, not so easy to beat, I would say. And what's also interesting, somebody else pointed that out on Twitter, uh, some, something a few days ago that they have a huge swing, but you need to wait until game week 16. <laughs> oh, so that's okay. still, uh, some while, but it's really interesting because they have a few, or they have some really difficult fixtures as you're also showing. Mm -hmm. uh, you show here until game week 14 and yeah. then they still also have Man United and game week 15. So that's a difficult one. But then from game week 16 onwards, they go into a run of like, uh, I think six or no, seven. Yeah, six or seven really easy fixtures. So that's oh, maybe an easy and a good one uh, to keep in mind. Yeah. <laughs> 
write it down somewhere. That's... <laughs> okay. Uh, game week 15, that's, uh, no, game week 16, that's December 9. So we still have a bit of time for that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. Thanks for that. Sure. And uh, yeah, as always, this gives us a good idea of the teams we should be considering for our transfers. Uh, and yeah, I expected Liverpool to be so high, so that's why I'm wearing a Liverpool shirt today. Oh, awesome. I also have a Liverpool training yeah. sh shirt and, on me. And before you ask, I did look it up this time. So this is the home shirt of the 99-2000 season. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so, I keep asking the question, right? <laughs> a while ago. But I know that because that was the season Eric Meyer played for them. And oh, okay. probably most people don't know him, but uh, Eric Meyer used to play for my hometown team, MVV Maastricht. And he made a transfer from Bayer Leverkusen to Liverpool that season. So he only played for Liverpool for one season. Uh, I looked it up, 24 games, uh, no goals scored. And you have to know that he was a striker. So I think that says enough. That's, that's <laughs> he didn't do too well. That's also why I only stayed for a season. But uh, I did go to Anfield that season, so that's uh, a trip oh, just I to watch him or life. just yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got okay. actually got his name on it on my shirt. Oh, that's amazing! <laughs> I might be the only one who bought his shirt. Sorry, <laughs> I'm I'm surprised <laughs> that you have a Liverpool jersey in the first place. But yeah, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, so that was a good one. All right. But enough of that, <laughs> let's switch to the next topic, which is an overview of the players who either gained or dropped uh, in expected value. Uh, and again, this is something we can use for our transfer plans. Mm -hmm. Yeah, let's start with the players who are increasing. But even before that, I would like to also talk about the players who are most transferred in. I mean, it's not okay. <laughs> visible here, but so... Yeah. Top three players who are most transferred in are Watkins, Salah, and Madison. Watkins right. is, I definitely understand. I mean, he has good yeah. fixtures too. He was also optimal. Uh, I think even this game week, I think wildcard optimal. Uh, yeah. And we talk about Liverpool's good fixtures. So Salah is also understandable to 116,000. So they are not as high as the previous game weeks. You know, sometimes we were having like yeah. almost half million people transferring again particular player so it's a little bit of a split th this game week yeah and then the third place we have medicine uh with 174k so i mm -hmm. feel like most people are kind of waiting uh, yeah. towards the deadline yeah uh which makes sense and yeah. in terms of gains um i should also mention that some of the models haven't updated yet uh for example mikhail Tokbam, so we had to exclude okay. this model from here uh, but we have Palmer uh, at the first place, and mm -hmm. his EV increased around 5.1. Okay. And then we have Gabriel in the second place. Uh, his EV increased around 4.6. Harrison, Everton, and then Anthony from Manchester United, Turner, Nottingham Forest, Isaac, mm -hmm. E. Chan from Wolves, Niketia, mm -hmm. Arsenal, Wilson, and Ake from Manchester hmm. City. So these are the top 10 players whose EV increased, but yeah. the top four of these have a significant increase compared to others. So they are like yeah. between plus, you know, uh, 5.1 to 4.4. Yeah. Um, I assume yeah. mostly related to uh, minutes or penalty duties. Yeah. I think. Yeah, and Palmer, I was just looking at the stats. So I think the last two games, 
he got 85 and 77 minutes so mm-hmm. he started um he also scored a goal in the last game against burnley um so yeah and he's only what is he he's only 4.9 million so that's of course a really interesting option in midfield even though we have a lot of options in midfield but uh you know if especially for the people that are trying to fit in uh, both Haaland and Salah, then this could be a, a good enabler, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And uh, anyone else you want to talk about here? And by the way, again, like we talked about this before, but uh, like Palmer's EV increase is mostly related to the penalty duties, I assume, uh, because the goal he scored was from a penalty. Yeah, uh, indeed. Uh, so, and we talked about this, but models love penalty takers because right. there's always a chance of getting a penalty and maybe Palmer yeah. is more the, the preferred penalty taker in Chelsea, perhaps. Yeah. So, that this increase is probably explained by that. Yeah, because I think there were a lot of questions about who would be the Chelsea penalty taker mm. and then how uh, Palmer took it. So, you know, combined with the minutes that he had and uh, the favorable price point, of course, he mm-hmm. makes him makes him an interesting option. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. For the rest, no. I think yeah. You know, Gabriel. We talked about it last week with the FPL general. So I think for people uh, who kept faith, you know, people who had him in game week one, I had him in game week one, but I, I sold him in game week three. But if you kept him, then uh, you know that that's that's of course very positive because he's. Uh, He's back in the team, and a lot of people are considering to bring him in. So uh, his minutes look to uh, seem to be a bit more secured. Yeah, and Anthony at Man United, there were of course some issues there off the pitch, but he was now back in the team. So I think that's probably why the model got adjusted again. Mm-hmm. And Turner is an interesting one because they have the the other goalkeeper on the bench, the Odysseas from Greece. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think some people were expecting Turner to lose his place at some point, but looking now at this chart, I suppose that the models are thinking that he will keep his place. Yeah, that could be related. Yeah, I, I think maybe models were kind of pessimistic at one point and then recovered yeah. a little bit because for this game week, the increase is much more significant than other game weeks. So I assume yeah. they have more confidence that he will start this game week, but for the future yeah. game weeks, I think it's not as clear. Right. Yeah, it was a bit strange to buy him, right? Because they bought Turner from Arsenal and then they bought the Greek keeper from Benfica. So you kind of wonder, like, why why are they doing that? But of course, yeah, it's always good to have some options. And mm-hmm. uh, I saw the game of the Netherlands against Greece and Odysseus was in the Greek team and actually he was doing quite well in goal. So, uh, yeah. Maybe at some point he might come in. I don't know. Yeah. Keep an eye on it. And how was the game, by the way? Well, it was very tight. We uh, The Netherlands just won 1-0 with a Van Dijk penalty uh, 10 minutes before the end. Uh, we had a penalty in the first half, but Wout Weghorst missed it. Oh. And uh, yeah, apparently he has a really bad penalty record. I think he scored. Really? Or, yeah. Wanted, yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure by heart, but he, so I don't want to say uh, things that are not true. <laughs> but I do know. Uh, I mean, I don't know the exact rate, but the rate is really low. So probably he won't take uh, penalties anymore. But you know, <laughs> he was one of the only ones who dared to step up and to take it. Um, so so that's of course a good thing. But then he missed it, which is yeah. a bad thing. 
And then the second penalty, uh, Virgil took it. Uh, and so that was the only goal, 1 0, yeah, luckily. And these were the Euro qualifiers, right? So yeah. the, are you guys Euro qualified qualifier. for it or still? Yeah, almost. Out? We still need one win either against Ireland or Gibraltar. So, okay. You yeah. normally uh, can't go wrong. <laughs> and I have tickets for the game Netherlands against Ireland and Amsterdam. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's perfect. Yes. Looking so you will be that. traveling again. Yeah. Well, I'll just do Amsterdam. That's just okay. it's on a Saturday, so it's just one day. And oh, I'll, I'll bring my kids. My kids are super excited. Okay. So um, yeah, show them the Amsterdam Arena, which is quite an impressive stadium. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Okay, so these were the top gainers. Let's look now at the players that uh, lost EV. Yeah, in the first rank we have Havertz, um, lost almost four EV across six game week horizon. And yeah. Jimenez in the second place. Then we have Relish, Flecken. I keep seeing Relish's name in these charts. I don't know like how much EV, like, maybe sometimes increasing, sometimes decreasing. I don't know, but he's, he's a frequent in these tables. Uh, and then yeah. we have Flecken in fourth place, uh, Casemiro in fifth, Joe Linton, uh, and then Roberts, Rashford, Akanji, and Cash. Um, okay. So most of these players didn't lose too much EV. Uh, Flecken is lost 1.1 EV only for this game week, and then across the horizon is slightly lower, not significantly. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I think Flecken uh, still is ill. Yeah. Um, he also actually dropped out in the Dutch squad. He didn't. He didn't join. And maybe interesting to know from an FPL perspective, uh, Verbrugge uh, made his debut for the Dutch team. So he played two games. Mm -hmm. uh, the Brighton keeper. He played against. So he played in the Dutch team now for against France and against uh, Greece, and he did pretty well. So. He might keep the spot now, I think, in future, because we don't have too many other options there. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. Yeah, these are the uh, EV losers of the game week. So okay. Excellent. Um, and I think with that, we can take a look at the updated optimal team. Yeah, and mm -hmm. as it's the international break, I think there are quite some people uh, with their wildcard active. So the information about the optimal team could be extra relevant this week. Yeah, so I used again my own team uh, so that you know this is optimal for my team value, and then I also, as always, like this is the role optimal, meaning that this is the yeah. team that gives you the optimal uh, with um, without making any like. Yeah, you know, without thinking too much. So this is just uh, you know you you send the numbers to the model and model says okay this is the team that will give you the highest right. expected value in total. Okay. Um, and then for this game week also since some models were not updated, I on, I'm only using I'm using again an ensemble model, but it's custom weighted and it's very uh, FBI review heavy. This one. Um, okay. Because it looks like it was the a model that was updated quite often. And so in this wildcard optimal team, we have Onana in the goal. And, and then this, this week I said, yeah, why don't I optimize it over like 12 game week period? So it's a longer horizon too. All right. Um, so Onana is playing in nine out of these 12 
uh, Game Horizon. Mm-hmm. Only games he misses are Manchester City, uh-huh. Newcastle, and Liverpool. Uh, he plays okay. against all the others. And uh-huh. Areola is covering those game weeks against okay. Everton, Crystal Palace, and Wolves. So it looks like a nice combination. And in defense, we have Alexander-Arnold, Dalot, and Byrne. Mm-hmm. So it's like double Manchester United uh, defender. And in midfield, we have Saka, Mubemo, Salah, Madison, Son. And in forward, we have Watkins and Alvarez. Again, so model is, doesn't like having Holland. So actually, model prefers to have Salah. Let's start with that way. And then if you also get Holland, it, it, they become too expensive. So the rest of the team right. suffers a lot. So model yeah. drops Holland is, instead. And in the bench, we have Zinchenko and Gabriel and Mubama as the bench folder. And mm-hmm. only scheduled transfer. So we have, I think, uh, a few scheduled transfers here. Uh, the first one is Alexander Arnold eventually becomes Trippier and then Diaz towards the end of the horizon. And Gabriel becomes Colville uh, almost uh, at the, uh, let's see, after seven game weeks. So this is again a 12 game week horizon. And then also Salah becomes Foden at the very end of this horizon because okay. Alvarez eventually becomes Haaland. So Alvarez becomes Isaac at one point and then ah, okay. Model yeah. buys Haaland. So it's just making that switch so that Salah to Foden and then with that extra money it goes from you know Isaac to Haaland at the end mm. of the horizon. So I think that's also part of the reason why Alexander Arnold is being sold by the model. But again, so this is the raw optimal team. So this might be a little bit too crazy. Yeah, no, but I think that's the dilemma that everybody is facing. Uh, Haaland or Salah or both, especially if, if you also have Son in the team. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is an interesting option to to bet now on Salah for a few game weeks and then switch uh, at, at some point back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, okay, that looks good. I'm still happy that uh, Embuemo is still in, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's in. Yeah. So you're not you're not using your wildcard, obviously. But what are you doing then? <laughs> yeah, good question. I also ask myself. No, <laughs> no. Yeah, you know, I, I said it last week. Game week eight was really bad, but for game week nine, the team looks looks good. So I'm trying to just stay patient and. Uh, depends a lot also, I think, on the injury news. So I'm hoping that Botman will be back. I don't think there's news yet. So uh, I think we'll have to wait for the press uh, press conferences on Friday. Uh, Botman for Newcastle, of course. And then I also hope that Saka will be back. I guess he should be because he he didn't uh, join the England squad. So he had some time to, to, to relax. Mm-hmm. And if I can keep them, uh, then I have two free transfers for game week 10. And I think then for game week 10, I'm planning to move Mabuemo and Bruno to Gordon and Salah. Uh, so that's the plan. Then I don't need to use my wild cards. And I think I'll have a pretty good team with Salah, Haaland, Son. Of course, I had to make some sacrifices. So I won't have Trippier, I won't have Watkins. Uh, but that's yeah. You, you can't have them all. This is the bet that I uh, I made, and I will just uh, stick to it. So that's my plan. And then wild card, yeah. I think I'll stay flexible. Uh, okay. No, uh, no, no clear plan yet. 
Yeah, that's cool. For you, I guess you used your wildcards uh, recently, so I don't think you'll be making changes. Or will yeah, you? I will. I will almost certainly roll this game week unless we yeah. hear something crazy. Uh, and in game week nine to ten, uh, the plan is to sell someone to bring Odegaard. <laughs> so probably medicine. Ah, Odegaard. Yeah. So because the, the plan was Martinelli always. Also back. Sorry? I said Martinelli is also back. Could also be an interesting uh, option. Yeah. I think when we wildcarded, I think the model was kind of screaming us to buy an Arsenal midfielder at one point uh, in right. two game weeks of time or three. I think Saka and Odegaard was very close in EV, but I haven't yeah. checked uh, if Martinelli's EV is close right. enough to make to the team. Okay. But yeah, I think uh, the plan uh, is to yeah, get Odegaard. That be a good one, uh, a good one to check next week. Because probably Arsenal will move up a little bit and the fixture ticker, I think. Yes, probably. Uh, yeah. yeah. And Martinelli, yeah, he made uh, his comeback in the previous game, also scored a goal. So I think people are looking at him again because he's also a bit cheaper mm-hmm. than the other options. Um, and hopefully they will also give him the ball uh, to take a penalty at some moment. You, know, <laughs> you never know at Arsenal. <laughs> yes, that's true. All right. That's good. So I think the last data we should look at today is the chart for the captaincy options. And I think we have a few good ones this week, so it will not be an easy choice. Yeah, we have Holland in the ensemble model. Um, All right. So he's 7.83 in average, and Salah is 7.66. So it is close. I mean, only 0.2 EV difference between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have Son at 6.25, Fernandez at 5.66, and Mubemo at 5.59. Yeah. Um, but checking this, uh, four models is favoring Holland. Uh, it is Fantasy Ball Picks, Fantasy Ball Hub, Scout, and FBR Reviews Premium model. And three models are favoring Sava, Draft Hound, FPL Team, and Mikael Tokvam. And again, Mikael Tokvam didn't update it yet. And there was only 1.6% difference between Salah and Haaland in, in terms of expected value. So it's possible that maybe Haaland will, you know, get the top spot and Mikael Tokvam's model. So I'm a little bit curious to see what will happen. I mean, it doesn't matter for me because I only have Salah. But for people who have both Salah and Haaland, it will be interesting. Yeah. And so other options, I mean, even though about... Tottenham and Manchester United have favorable fixtures, uh, but I think yeah, most people will captain Holland, and Salah will be captained by people who only have Salah in the middle. Yeah, place. yeah so, probably you're right. Yeah, the thing what I'm what I don't like too much with the Liverpool game is that it's you know it's the Liverpool derby against Everton, and mm. Everton also have been improving. I mean, I think, you know, Liverpool will probably win and it's quite likely that Salah will score a goal. But, you know, just looking at the fixtures, I prefer the City fixture against Brighton. Yeah. Even though Brighton is a good team, but we, you know, we've seen that defensively uh, that they, they've been struggling a bit more because just, yeah, they play so attacking. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, also City has been struggling a bit in recent weeks. So there, there are some doubts there. Also with Haaland, maybe scoring a few less goals. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's a tough one. And then you also have Son at home against Fulham. 
which I think is also a good game. So uh, yeah. yeah, plenty of choices. I'll probably stick to Haaland, but it's not an easy one. All right. Thanks for covering that. And I think uh, we covered everything then for today. Or is there something you still wanted to add? No, nothing from my side. Okay, cool. Then let's maybe just look at our mini league again, because we didn't do that last week. And we now have 284 teams. So that's pretty cool. Thanks for joining. And the league is still open to join. The code is 0JSDLA. So everyone is welcome. Uh, and I'm pretty jealous of all the high scores of our leaders. So uh, yeah, well done uh, to the first three. And number one is Alex Wilmot. And we have been mentioning his name before. So he's very yeah. consistent, very uh, good season so far with his team, Are You Not Entertained? <laughs> uh he's now on 549 points and i checked his or 2.7k so that's uh that's really good uh well done alex keep it up and then number two is c britnell with the team cross control that's also a team we mentioned before this yeah. team has 537 points and then number three is matthew leffler with his team rally rigby i think also we mentioned that one before 532 points so congrats again to the three of you and good luck for the rest of the season this was it for today this was fpl optimized podcast episode number 62 thanks for listening and good luck with making your game week nine decisions may your arrow be green we'll be back with another episode next week you can subscribe to the podcast so you'll get notified when the next episode is released and you can also follow us on twitter for surtop it's at surtop bilal and for me it's at belfi vb and as you probably know by now you can also find us on youtube and until next time stay curious and stay analytical goodbye goodbye